what you have to say on tonight. I thank you, Father God, that as we hear the word of God, God, we allow that word to be implanted on the inside of us, God, through meditating on it. And Father God, as we believe that word, we shall receive that word and then we will deliver that word. So I thank you, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Amen. Praise God for the order of the church. We talked about the brazen altar. And we're going to move past that. I'm going to go over that briefly. Is everybody through with their test? Okay. We talked about the brazen altar. We look at the courtyard. And when we look at the courtyard, we say that there were tents. The north, the south, the east, and west were surrounding the courtyard. And so that courtyard was made of um, white linen. And that linen represented the righteousness of God, the purity of God, God's way of doing things. So they knew that when they looked at that courtyard, they knew it represented God and what he stood for. So when you go to the gate of the courtyard, we look at the gate with the colors of blue, which represents heaven, the scarlet, which represents the blood, and the purple, which represents the royalty. So when they got to the gate, they had to bring that perfect sacrifice for the priest to check to make sure there was no blemish dealing with that sacrifice. So by them coming to the gate, they were, were acknowledging that they could not atone for their own sins. They had to bring that sacrifice to that gate. We also learned that um, they had to, um, you know, make an, um, the sacrifices could be based upon, you know, what they had. You know, we talked about the giving, how they can give the turtle dove or how they can give the pigeon for the more poor people um, for sacrifices. But when they got to that gate, they were ready to give that sacrifice unto the Lord, recognizing that this sacrifice was on the behalf of them. So the door we know represented Jesus, which was the gate. So they went through that gate. We get to the brazen altar. This is where the animal is placed on that brazen altar. And blood is shed from that animal because the priest at that time, the one that was bringing that sacrifice will put their hand on the head of that animal. And by them doing that, according to Leviticus, the first chapter, they were identifying that this animal was atoning for my sins. The sins of my sins was being placed upon this animal. And they were recognizing that it should have been me instead of these, this animal. That's why the Bible say I will enter his gate with thanksgiving. But by the time you get to that court, you're going to be praising God. Because you know that should have been you that was on that altar. So we know that blood is shed on the altar. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And in Leviticus 17, 11, we know God said there's life in the blood. And he has given them the blood um, to put upon the altar to atone for their sins. So we know that that covered up their sins. So that altar was dealing with justification. It was dealing with them being justified, not based on them, on what they do, but based on what that animal was bringing on their behalf. So we know that brazen altar represented Jesus by letting us know that he was the final sacrifice. In Hebrews um, 10, it talks about Jesus being the final sacrifice, and he atoned for sin once and for all. 
That means that he done away with sin. So all our past and present and future sins were done away with by the blood of Jesus Christ. So we don't have to try to do away with something that's already been done away with. So the problem with the church is we're trying to make ourselves perfect. But perfection is in the spirit. Um, the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions is what we're dealing with. And when we deal with the soul by renewing our minds, knowing who we are now that we're in Christ, the body will follow. So we got to the brazen altar, and we see what it represents, how it represents Jesus, how his blood, um, you know, it, it didn't cover, but it done away with sin. And Jesus' blood was shed on that cross. So that brazen altar represented um, justification. Now, after that part is done, dealing with that altar, but let me go over the horns of that altar. There were horns on that altar, and those horns represented power and strength. So when they dabbled, when they put the blood on the horns of that altar, they knew that it was the power of, of the blood that was going to atone for their sins. And how they recognized this when someone would do something and they deserved death for what they'd done, they would run in um, to the temple and they would hold on to the horns of that altar. And by them holding on to the horns of that altar, I believe it was First Kings, um, the first chapter, it talked about Adonijah holding on to the horns of that altar because he knew that he was about to die. But when he held on to the horns of that altar, you know, he was released from that death penalty. But then there was Joab in the second chapter, and I didn't give y'all that. He went in and held on to the horns of the altar, but they end up killing him because he took some lives unjustly that he should not have taken. So they recognized the horns of that altar by being power and strength. And what did we determine in Psalms 18? That Jesus, he is the horns of our salvation. So when we run to Jesus, we're in safety. We have everything that we need when we hold on to Jesus. So we don't have to try to go anywhere else to get anything else. It's all in him. That's why the Bible says, in him we live, in him we move, and in him we have our being. So that's the brazen altar. And Teresa had um, given some um, copies, and I'll give it to you after I finish, of this tabernacle. And when I was talking about the fence, and I know some people have already went and started looking it up and getting into this tabernacle, but it will show you that courtyard that's round there in white, and you can get an idea of what I'm talking about. But with that courtyard being around the um, tents of the people of the tribes, you got the courtyard, but the tabernacle is on the inside of the courtyard. So when I'm telling you about the gate that you go through, imagine this is the gate, you walk through the gate, and you're in the courtyard. Now, outside of this courtyard, it represents the world. It represents sin. So when they looked at this courtyard, and it's being pure white, and guess what? They couldn't see over this courtyard. That's why it was built so high. They couldn't even go look into that courtyard. So they knew that they had to meet the standards of God in order to go inside that courtyard. When they entered through that door, they was accepting the only way, which is Jesus Christ. So when we're born again, there's no other way except Jesus. He's the door. 
unto the Father. The only way we can get to the Father is by who? By Jesus Christ. There's no other way. So if any other religion tell you I'm the way unto the Father, that's a lie. That's not what the word of God says. So we got to be careful with what we connect to. So once they go through that door, they smell nothing but blood because animals are being slaughtered to atone for sin, to cover up sin. So once they see that brazen altar, they know what's happening at that point. But once they get past that brazen altar, they don't go past it. The priest is the ones that go to the labor. They're the only ones that can go to the labor. So nobody else could go there but the priest. So that's what we're going to talk about. So remember, there's a brazen altar. When you get through with this brazen altar, that means you have accepted what that animal has done on your behalf. That's your salvation. This is your salvation part right here. Jesus is the door. Now we can enter in right through Jesus. That's that salvation, dealing with that sacrifice because we're saying I couldn't do it on my own this animal is doing it for me he's taking my sin he's taking my guilt he's taking it on my behalf but then the next part we get to is the um, labor and it's talked about in exodus 30 let's talk about the labor in exodus 30 we look at Beginning at verse 17, Exodus 30, verse 17 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Look how he was given this unto Moses. And Moses had to give it unto the people. And the re- this is still talking about the order of the church. God is going to give whomever he put in charge what he wants to be carried out and to whom he wanted to be carried out uh, with. And the Lord spoke unto Mo- spake unto Moses, saying, Thou should also make a laver of brass, and his foot also of brass, to wash withal. And thou shalt put it between the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar, and thou shalt put water therein. So this is what he's saying. He said he's going to make a laver. This laver, what, what is this laver? It's really a, um, a basin. It's a wash basin containing water for the purpose of washing. So it's a wash basin containing water for the purpose of washing. And this is what he told him, told them that he wanted made because they was going to use this for the purpose of washing. So after he done that, he's saying, what was the labor made of? I'm going to talk about that, what the labor was made of. Now we see that he's telling him to make this. When God tells them to do something, y'all, it's always for a purpose. So he said, I want you to use this basin for washing in it now we're going to get to the part about washing now this is only for your hands and your feet so let's go to the next part this basin is going to be for Aaron and his son shall wash their hands and their feet thereat when they go into the tabernacle of the congregation they shall wash with water that they die not or when they come near to the altar to minister to burn offering made by fire unto the Lord so shall they wash their hands and their feet and they die not and it shall be a statue forever to them, even to him and his seed throughout their generations. So we see what it was. It was a wash basin, and it was filled with water to do their, their washing. So the ones that could use this basin, it was Aaron and his son. It was only the priest that could use it. So once they finish at this brazen altar, they would go to this basin, which they call a laver. And when they would go there, they would wash their hands and their feet. 
Now let's talk about, um, we know who used the labor. Remember, it was only the priest that could use it. It was Aaron and his sons. And y'all catch hold. It was only the priest in the Old Testament that could use it, which was Aaron and his sons. Now, let's talk about why it was only their hands and feet that they needed to wash. He was telling them, when you go to this labor, when you go to this basin to wash, I only want you to wash your hands and feet. There was a reason. The hands is what do the service of the Lord. The feet is, you know, when we um, walk through different things, the feet is to walk with the Lord, but it's dealing with the nastiness of their feet. Remember, they're leaving that um, brazen altar, and you know stuff would get on their feet, dirt or whatever, filth would get on their feet. So God said, before you can even approach me, you cannot have no uncleanness on you. But this is the key. The reason why it was only their hands and their feet, because their body was already washed. Their whole body was washed. Let's go to Exodus 40. Exodus 40, you can write this down. Exodus 40, 11 through 15. Exodus 40, verse 11 through 15. And thou shalt anoint the laver and his foot and sanctify it. So anointed mean, you know, they're going to set it aside for God's use. And thou shalt bring Aaron and his sons unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and wash them with water. So these priests had to be washed all over with water. They had to get into their garments in order to do their priestly duties. And they had to be anointed. So they were already washed all over. And when we look at the washing all over, this is dealing with our sanctification. This means that the moment we set, um, except Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we've been sanctified. We've been set apart. We've been made fit for the master's use. So these priests had to be made fit for the master's use. So their bodies were already washed. They were already clean. But once they get to that labor, and we're going to get to this part too, where when they look down at that water, they saw a reflection of themselves. How did they see this? Because it was women that had given these bronze, um, uh, it was just bronze stuff that they shined up that looked like glass, but it wasn't glass. You know how you shine metal so good that you can see a reflection? So these women had that. And what they did, they took it from the women. The women gave it to them. And you can find that scripture in Exodus 38. It talks about the bronze mirrors um, that was represented. It's in Exodus 38, 8. Exodus 38, 8 says, He made the labor and is based of bronze from the mirrors of the women who ministered at the door of the tent of me uh, meetings. So the bronze... Uh, mirrors that they had was just a metal plate that was polished so good that it gave you a reflection so when those priests went up there to wash their hands and to wash their feet they saw a reflection of themselves and we're going to get to why God wanted them to receive a reflection of themselves I'll get to that on um in a few minutes but so far we we recognize that this labor was used for them to wash their hands and their feet. The reason why it was only used for the hands and feet because the rest of the body was cleansed, was already clean. Now, remember, this is sanctification. 
the brazen altar represent justification. It means that you have already been justified. But how many know just because you've been justified don't do not mean that you're not, how can I put it? You've been justified, but now you need to be sanctified. How are you being sanctified? By the word. You have to be washed continually in the word to stay set apart, made fit for the master's use. We know in your spirit, you already set apart. You already been made holy. But while you're here on the earth, you have to wash continually with the word of God. That's what those priests were doing. They had to go before this basin. They had to clean their hands and feet before they can get into the presence of the Lord. It could not be no uncleanness. But when they went into the presence of the Lord, they done their duties. When they came back out, they washed again. It was a continual washing. It was just not a one thing. You know, I do it one time and don't do it again. It was continual. So we got the part with the, with the labor and why it was used, what it was made of. Nowhere in the Bible does it say how this is the only one that it does not give you how tall or anything like that it was. But it tells you about the um, bronze mirrors and the purpose is for that reflection for them to see. Look, they're seeing their uncleanness. They know it has to be dealt with. Remember, this was made of bronze also. The altar was made of bronze. This was made of bronze. It meant judgment. It means sin had to be judged, um, dealt with. Now I want y'all to understand this. This was the outer court. The outer court. The outer court really represents your body. This is what we have to do to um, be set apart unto the Lord. And I'm going to tell you how it works for us. But everybody understand the basin and how the priest had to use the basin, right? Now let's talk about how does this represent Jesus Christ. How does this basin represent Jesus Christ? First of all, Jesus is the word. Now, when they looked at that, that basin, it represents being cleansed. It represents being set apart, made fit for the master's use. John 1.1 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So we know Jesus was in the beginning with God because he was the word. And as God spoke the word, the Holy Spirit released the power of God um, for the word to be active. Um, the power released, let me back up. I don't want to miss anything, y'all, because it's so good. So when God spoke the word of God, the Holy Spirit released the power in order for the world to do whatever it needed to do. Everybody got that? So after that, we learned that Jesus is the what? He is the word. So in the tabernacle, when they went to that basin, that represented sanctification. And the only way you can be set apart is by what? By the word of God. This is the deep part, y'all, all of us need to get a hold of. We spend more time trying to set ourselves apart with what the world is doing than spending the majority of our time by setting ourselves apart for who we are now that we're in Christ by being in the word of God. If you never get into the word and allow the word to get into you, you're going to live by what the world says that you should do to be set apart instead of living according to what the word of God is saying. So we see that Jesus is the word. In John 3, 5, listen at what Jesus told Nicodemus. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, 
he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That water that he's talking about ain't no birth water. This is dealing with the word. This is being um, sanctified with the word, um, dealing with the, the spirit um, part of spiritual, not dealing with physical. Some people say he's talking about a baby being in the womb. No, he's not. He's talking about heavenly things. He said, you got to be born again of water. You're born again of the water because the water represents the word of God. Because when the word of God is spoken, right, we're born again of incorruptible seed and not corruptible seed, which is the word of God that endures forever. So we know that the word is a seed. So as somebody is ministering the gospel, the good news unto you, the word of God, guess what happened? Jesus said in John 6, 63, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So meaning that when the word of God is spoken unto Teresa and Teresa's in a, a place in her life that she feel like she's not going to make it. When somebody come up to Teresa and they begin to decree and declare that Teresa, you shall make it. You shall live and not die because you're going to declare the works of the Lord. All of a sudden that word brings light even in the darkness of her life, and she feel the power of God coming upon her, and she said, I can make it. I will live and not die, and declare the works of the Lord. See, that word is bringing life. That's why he said the words that I speak unto you, they're going to give you life. They're going to bring life unto you. They are spirit, and they are life. So when we look at that labor, and we go continually washing ourselves with the word, what is it bringing us? It is bringing us life. It's bringing us a spiritual life, not dealing with the natural, but it's dealing with the supernatural. So we're going far beyond the natural. So the next scripture we're going to look at is Ephesians 5, 25 through 26. Ephesians 5, 25 through 26. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. So this is how a husband will set apart his wife. First of all, he got to love his wife just like Christ loved the church. Men, if you love your wife like Christ loved the church, I'm going to tell you, they're going to love that kind of love, especially when they're in love with Jesus. They're going to know his kind of love. And when you love them that way, guess what? It sets them apart. It sets them apart, and then it says that how you do it through cleansing it with the washing of the water by the word. So the word is cleansing you. Each time that you go into the word, the word brings life to you, and guess what happens? Remember I told you that they were seeing the reflection of themselves. The word will expose that's the purpose of the word is to expose. We try to expose everybody else with the word. But when we get into the word of life for ourselves and we're reading it on a daily basis, if you're in this word like you're supposed to, nobody shouldn't tell you what's up with you because the word is going to expose it. The word is going to expose what's hidden in darkness. It's going to bring light to you. So this is why when we look at that labor, when they went there, Things were being exposed. They saw their filthiness. They saw their uncleanness. So think about the time that we spend in the word. We shouldn't have a problem 
with things coming up and being exposed because whatever's in darkness, it's going to come to light. Whatever's hidden, it's going to be revealed. So if you having any issues in your life, you don't have to call nobody. Just go into the word of God and say, Holy Spirit, shine a light upon this word. Illuminate this word to me. You know what I need today. I can't do this by myself. And y'all, if he don't shine a light, sometimes he'll shine that light so bright. The only thing you can do is go apologize. If you in that word like you're supposed to, nobody don't have to tell you to apologize. Nobody don't have to tell you that you're wrong because if your heart is open unto him, and remember those priests had to do this continually. Now, how does this, does this work for us? We have to continually go into the word to receive that life from that word. If you in a dark place in your life right now and you've been there for a long time, it's because you have not been into the word of God long enough for it to expose that dark place. But the more you go into the word and the, the thing about it is you can't do it yourself. Remember who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit, he's the one that when you say Holy Spirit, I got an issue. And I'm going to be honest, Holy Spirit. I feel like I got an issue because everybody make me feel like I got one. But I really don't know what it is. Have anybody ever been like that? I feel like there's an issue with me. And I feel like everybody else feel like it's an issue with me. Because for some reason, they don't want to be around me. So I need to get your help to find out what it is. Because I can't, I can't do it by myself. And then all of a sudden, if you've been in the word the way you're supposed to, the Holy Spirit will remind you of a scripture. And you'll be like, thank you, Lord. That's it. And then you begin to meditate on that scripture. And then the more you meditate on that scripture, guess what? You're getting delivered from whatever that you have been um you know, succumb to whatever thing that you have been suppressing or something you don't want to deal with, the Holy Spirit will shine that light upon that. And he'll say, this is what you got to deal with. And as you begin to deal with it, you get around people and you feel so free. It don't matter what nobody say. It don't matter no more because you don't got free because guess what? Y'all, I've been cleansed. I went in that word so much. Guess what? My hands ain't dirty no more. My feet ain't dirty no more. See, these are the, the two parts of you that have to be washed. Don't everybody know? Some people don't wash their hands. I'm just going to tell you the honest God truth. They go to the toilet and come out, and you'll hear bitter water. And then they'll start cooking your food. Seriously. Don't you know that when you use the bathroom, you're taught that you wash your hands thoroughly because they got germs all over it? Guess what, y'all? Just because we're born again does not mean that we don't have to go be cleansed on a daily basis through the word of God. This is what's wrong with the church. They get saved and that's all they do. Well, I'm missing hell, but you got to take your spiritual food and you got to continually take your spiritual food. Why? Because you don't know who you're going to run up against. You don't know who's going to come up against you. So by you getting continually fed in that word, when you run up against something, you ain't offended. You ain't hurt by that. Why? Because I wash every day. And this is the thing. Sometimes when I'm in the word of God, I be like, mm, it's so good. I don't want to put it down. It is just so good. And I remember I was asking the Lord just two days ago a question. And as I was in just praising him and worshiping him, I heard the Holy Spirit say, I'm upholding everything. 
by the word of my power. See, sometimes we can get so caught up in some other stuff that we forget that his word is what's hold, upholding everything by the word of his power. So y'all think about it. If God let go of his word and denied his word, everything would crash. Heaven, earth, it would crash. But he upholding everything by the word of his power. So that tells me, he was telling me, don't you know what my word does? So he had to remind me, this is what my word has already done. If I'm upholding everything by the word of my power, don't you know I'm not going to go back on my word? Because if I do, it would be chaos again. The world would be void without anything anymore. But because of the word of his power, everything is upheld. So if we don't go into this word on a daily basis, continually, do y'all know we're not going to be able to see what he will have us to see? We're going to always see filth. We're going to always say, you know, I'm not worthy. We're going to always think of, you know, negative stuff instead of thinking of positive stuff. But the more we get into the word, we will know how to answer whatever come at us. Our feelings won't stay hurt for weeks. We'll just go ahead and get over those things and we'll learn how to forgive instead of holding unforgiveness. So this is why we have to be cleansed every day with the word. And I keep telling Miracle Temple, get into the word, get into the word, let the word get into you. The more you get into this word, the more you can do for him. But if you're not in this word the way you're supposed to, you may start out strong, but you're going to end up falling back. Why? Because you're not in the place that you need to be. You're going to get tired of dealing with people. You're just going to say, I'm tired of dealing with that devil. But you got to know what's behind that person, what spirit is controlling that person. And the more you get into the word, and y'all, the thing is, thank you, Holy Ghost. Quit letting other people wash you. That's what I'm hearing in my spirit. Everybody get lazy and want somebody to wash them and give them a word. You got a word for me? Yeah, I got one. What is it? Get in the word. <laughs> Serious business. That's what people want. This is the first thing that people look for, a prophet behind every door they enter. I heard it was a prophet in the house. Oh, you did. What did they say? See, this is why if we get into the word for ourselves, and God know that we're in that word, this is what I love about God. If I'm crying out to God with my whole heart, and he's the one that I'm going to, and I'm saying, God, this is what you said to me, because I know you said it, because it is written, and you're not going back on your word. So God, if you said this, you already made it good. So if I'm going to him like that, and I'm rejoicing, and I'm standing still and seeing the salvation of the Lord, I don't care. I can go into the mall and somebody can go and say, he's well pleased with you. Keep standing. Keep being strong in the Lord and the power of his might. God already know the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end. You already made it. You have already succeeded. It's not based on you. It's based on what he's already done. Don't you know God going to send people and give me what I need? But if I'm out there looking for it and not going into the word of God, he's knowing, oh, you're not serious about this word. You want somebody to give it to you instead of getting into it for yourself. Your days of looking for it is over. Now it's time for you to get into the word and let the word get into you. And y'all, the more cleaner you get through going in this word, you know you ain't stinking no more. So it don't matter what people say no more because you know you clean. 
Let me go to a scripture. The Holy Spirit is reminding me of this. John 15. I love what Jesus said here. He said, 15.3. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Y'all hear that? Now you are clean through the word I have spoken unto you. How do you become clean? That's spoken unto who? So how are you going to get it? You got to go into the word. So the problem is, he said, you are clean through the word I have spoken unto you. I'm going to ask you tonight, what word have God spoken unto you? What word have he spoken unto you? See, that's why when we have a personal relationship with God and God began to speak unto us his word, that's a rhema word. And that rhema word that you're getting from God, you know that it's God because it's coming directly from the throne. He's sending it on down. There was a father talking to Jesus. Jesus talking to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is reminding me what the word is saying. And I'm like, thank you, God. You done sent me a word tonight. So I give you glory for it. So I can stand still. I can be still and know that that you're God. So this is why we stay in the word. Not to get anything. But to stay separated, the word will cleanse you. It will separate you. That's why when they got to that labor, that represents sanctification. That was setting them apart from the world. So in order for you to be cleansed, you have to do it through the word. In order for you to be set apart, it happens through the word. So when you're in the world, they know you're not of the world because you've been into the word of God. They know you set apart. Guess why? You ain't doing what the world does. So anybody that's still doing what the world does, want what the world is doing, you ain't been set apart. In your spirit you have, but see, your mind ain't been renewed to who you are now that you're in Christ. So you're trying to get something from the world that you already have in Jesus Christ. So it's time for us to get into the word of God. Let the word get into us. And that means that we do it on a daily basis. You know, sometimes we may sit home and we may not have anything to do. We may be just sitting there trying to think, hmm, let me see what I can get into. Have you ever said that to yourself? Let me see what I can get into. Let me see what I can. I'm picking on my husband. He always getting into something. A man won't be still, y'all. They'll sit there and they can't stay in the house for nothing. What man loves staying in the house? Anybody, any man in this room? I don't think y'all do, right? Some women don't like staying in there either. They want to keep going all the time, finding something to do. Y'all, when you fall in love with the word, you ain't worrying about stuff to do because you want to go back more into here and be cleansed. And be set apart even the more. The more I get set apart when I come out the house, I ain't worrying about what everybody else is doing. Because I know who I am. So that's the trick, y'all. The more you get set apart through the word of God, through being cleansed by the word, when you come out and you amongst people, you ain't turned on by what they're doing. Because guess what? You know you've been set apart because you've been cleansed today. So everybody need a daily washing. And we have to do it continually. Go with me to John the 8th chapter. I like what Jesus told his disciples. Or the Jews. Disciples, yeah. Then said Jesus, this is John 8, 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. 
If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. So to be a follower of Christ, what do you have to do? Continue in that word. That don't mean that you just get it on Sunday and then you don't continue to the next Sunday. Every day you get in a daily washing through that word. Let me ask somebody a question. I want one person to answer this for me. How many pers- people smell yourself every now and then? And I'm not talking about dealing with the physical. Anybody know what I'm saying? Julia? Tell me what I'm saying. Yeah. How many can smell an attitude off of you? How many know an attitude is coming on before it even comes? Let's just be honest. That's when we know we need a bath, don't we? That's when we know we need to go in there and get a wash. And how many know we, we know anger is coming on? Come on. So that's when we need to go get a washing, don't we? That's when we need to be cleansed by the word of God. So we have attitudes. We have anger. How many know strife is coming in the house? You waiting on that person to walk in there so you can hit them with your best shot. What do you need to go to? The good book. You got to get, stay in the book. Because you know, everybody know what's coming on. Women, you know, this is what we use. It's a month of hormones. <laughs> and the men say, oh, it's that time. <laughs> Y'all, that's what they got in your head. But that's not who you are. So we can change that through going into the word of God and getting cleansed. Everything about us, we can change through the word of God. The more we renew our minds to who we are by getting those daily washings, we won't be doing what we do because we're knowing who we are, and that's not what we do no more. So people that don't continually take a bath, they're stinking. How you know they're stinking? Because when you come up against these Christian folk, and the first thing that they do is letting corrupt communication come out of their mouth, talking about what they did last night, talking about what they're drunk, talking about what they smoked, and say, by the way, I'm still saved. What, what word are they going into? It can't be the word of life. Because the word of life is supposed to change that attitude. It's supposed to change your way of living. It's supposed to change your conversation. It's supposed to change you cutting up and cutting the fool all the time. Even jesting. Some jesting is not appropriate in the body of Christ. This, this joking that's joking about things that, that don't bring life. So how is that helping a person? So this is why the more we cleanse ourselves with the word, y'all, we have less problems in the body of Christ. But the reason why we're having problems in the body of Christ ain't too many people going in here getting the cleansing. You can't tell me you've been saved for 20 years and you still got a bad attitude. That don't work. So this is why those priests, before they can get into the presence of the Lord, they had to be cleansed, the hands and the feet. But y'all know today because of Jesus Christ, there's nothing that separate us from God anymore because we're priests, right? So we don't have to do all that they've done. But the reason why we go into the word of God is to renew our mind to who we are now that we're in Christ to separate us from the world because we're not a part of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. So until you get into the word of God and know who you are, you're going to be acting just like the world. 
One day you're saved, the next day you're just who you were, you know, before you got saved. We shouldn't be like windshield wipers. Y'all know how windshield wipers do? Back and forth. Back and forth. People should know that when we walk in a room, they're already saying, okay, we can't be doing that stuff in here. She coming up in here. They know you different. They respect who you are. They don't even want to see you coming because they know when they see you come. Let me tell you what this lady told me. It's so funny. She your people, Valerie. I'm picking on Valerie because I can pick on you because me and her talk like that. When we had that yard sale, <laughs> she was so funny. She said, I ain't coming to your church. You call too many people out. I ain't coming up in there. But she's so funny. She just tell you how she feel. And then the whole time me and her talking about the Lord, talking about how good he is, and she giving me a testimony. So I saw her in the grocery store, and she told me, she said, how did she put that thing? She said, I see you. I'm like, okay. She said, I see you every Sunday morning. And if people want to change, they can change. Pulling down them strongholds. I said, all right now. She said, I got that CD and I've been listening to it. You pull down them strongholds. You can say what you want to say. You can change if you want to change. <laughs> that same one from that yard sale. You see what I'm saying? So when I walked in, she recognized who I was because of what I represent. I didn't have to say nothing. Hey, how you doing? She started talking about it then. So what I'm saying is when you know who you are now that you're in Christ, people are going to already set you apart from them because they know what you represent. Isn't that a good thing? You don't want to be representing what the world represents. Everything in the world represents death. We represent life, and the word is what give us that life. If you want life, get into the word. Because if you're not in the word, you accept in death. And that's what the enemy wants you to accept. So this is why we have to have a constant cleansing through the word. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the one that is the bread of life. So when we eat of this word, we're eating of life. We're eating of him. He said, if you don't eat of me and drink of me, you have no part of me. So how can we be saved and not eating and drinking of Jesus? That means we don't have no part of him. We're saying, I don't need you, Jesus. I don't want to eat from you and drink from you today. I want to eat every, all your flesh. I don't want to miss nothing. And I want to go back and, mm, wait a minute, there was some crumbs. I want to get everything, y'all. And that's what we should want. But you know, let's just be honest. We don't have time to get into the word. Anybody? Anybody have time? Anybody in this room got time for the word? Really got time for the word? Now I ain't talking about getting a quickie. Quickies don't last. Mm -mm. You got to go into that word and study it. You got to dissect it. Y'all remember in school they had you dissecting those nasty frogs. And you had to dissect it to know all the parts to pass. Y'all remember that? You had to dissect that thing. And sometimes that thing wanted to get away from you, didn't it? But you had to learn all the parts of what you was dissecting. You had to get deep in that thing. So when that test came, you were able to answer those questions because you did a thorough job. Do y'all know? Anytime you go to doctors, what they ask you, well, what's going on with you today? Right? Now, if you lie to them and tell them this is going on, 
they're going to go off that lie. They're going to run that test on that lie. They're going to charge you by that lie. They're going to give you a diagnosis by that lie. And you're going to leave with a bottle of pills based on that lie. But how many know when you go to God, he made you. He already know what's wrong with you. So when you tell him, God, I'm angry. You know what he's going to say? Be angry, but sin not. And don't let the wrath go, the sun go down on your wrath. Don't give the devil a foothold. Don't give the devil an opportunity. Well, there go my prescription. Either I take it or I just get angry. Y'all, we got a whole Bible full of prescriptions. So I want to ask you, are you taking them? Y'all know that song that say, I'm washed in the blood of, what is that song? Yeah, but it go another way. Anybody know about being washed in the blood? You heard it, Kathy? Think of it. Holy Spirit, help them, because it's a song that's saying, I'm washed in the blood. The blood did come in, y'all. Y'all know in the beginning, the blood atoned for us, so the blood did take away sin, right? But you still have to have a continual washing of the word. That's your sanctification. So we need that on a daily basis. So if you're not washing yourself on a daily basis, you're going to be just like you were before you got saved, even though you confess in Christ. This is how people see you. If, if that's what salvation is, I don't want a part of it. You're still cursing. You're still doing like you want to do. You still got unforgiveness. You still got all these things and you telling me to accept the God you serving. I could stay like I am and live like you living. That's why we have to have a continual washing. Y'all, the more time you spend with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is there to help you. The Holy Spirit is there to lead you and guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will remind you of what's going on on the inside of you. He will bring the word up for you and it began to expose you. And you deal with that. Through the word. Let me give you one more scripture. Go with me to James 1. James 1, 22 through 25. James 1, 22 through 25 says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So when we go into the word and we get in that cleansing, when we get in that washing, dealing with the word, we have to be a doer of the word and not hearers only. So when the Holy Spirit show us what's going on with us, then we got to be a doer of what we just heard, right? For if, if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and go his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. You see what that means? If you are a hearer and not a doer, this is what you look like. You go into the mirror you see how tore up you are, but you go on about your business and forget how tore up you are. But listen at this. But whoso looketh in the perfect law of liberty and continue, there go your daily washings, therein being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. You wondering why them blessings not coming in? Because you looking at yourself in that word, but you ain't doing nothing about what you're seeing. You go on about your business. But a person that continually go into that word, they're not only going to be a hearer, 
but they're going to be a doer of what the word is showing them. And that's when change take place because they're continually in the word and they're blessed in their deeds. Because there's a difference. There's a change. They're being transformed. But it says continually. You cannot wake up every morning, go on your job, come home, cook your food. You might cook your food, women. Come home, lay on the couch, turn on the TV, go to bed, and do this every day and think that change is going to come. Just because you happy ain't nothing going on in your life, you're going to do the same thing every day, just a different day. But the word ain't a part of your day. Then when something happened in your life, now you're ready to snot and holler. But if you get a continual washing every day, when something pop up, oh no, you don't belong in this house. In the name of Jesus. I don't receive that thought. You get out of here in Jesus' name. That ain't what my father said to me this morning. So I don't receive that. And the only way you receive it, if you believe it. So this is why we have to have a continual washing. And when we go in there continually, we're not going to forget it. We're going to be a hearer and a doer, and we're going to be blessed in our deeds. So when God used that labor, he was exposing, showing them themselves. He was letting them know you can't come before me any kind of way. But because of Jesus, we can go to the Father. Sin don't separate us no more. That's why you want to stay in the word of God. So you can hear the Holy Spirit. So you can know what he's saying. And this word helps you to know. He's not going outside the word of truth. He says, sanctify them in truth. This was Jesus' prayer. Sanctify them in truth. Thy word is truth. The only way you're going to be sanctified is through the word of God. It's through the truth. That's the only way you're going to be set apart. So I advise you tonight, if you live in any kind of way and it look worldly, the only way you're going to be uh, set apart is by going into this word of God and allowing yourself to be cleansed on a daily basis. Y'all, I try to get it every day. Why? Because it's my spiritual food. I got to have something. Me and my husband and Ariel, we had to go um, take the car somewhere. And on Mondays, I'd be wanting to get some more word. So, well, that's every day. But anyway, I'm in the um, back seat, and Ariel said, Mama, you going to let me get in the front? Yeah, girl, you go, go on in the front. I got to do what I got to do. This is my time of day where I'm in the office, so I'm getting in the back seat. Got back there, y'all, with my little green tea, my Bible, my books, had it spread it out. Next thing I know, I'm like, dang, we here already? Shoot. And then my husband said, we might be here for a while. Go get my bag out that car. I took my books, laid them in my lap. I'm like. I guess some people looking at me like, "Mm, that's good. See, I don't want to miss it. Not that I'm scared or anything. I just know who I'm with in the morning. And I want to be with him every morning. And I want to make sure I can grab hold to what the Father is saying. And those that work, you can get up 20 minutes earlier than you get up. Or start off with five. And say, God, if I don't give you number five minutes of reading, I'm going to give you that. But Holy Spirit, help me with this. Because I'm getting lazy and I want every ounce of sleep I can get right now. But I need this word more than anything because I don't know what I'm going to face when I get to work. So here I am, Holy Spirit. Feed me. 
teach me, comfort me. And if you can't do nothing but sit there and be still, wake yourself up, though. But you got to get out of the bed. Don't stay in the bed. Because some of us are staying in the bed. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Y'all know what we do. Stay right in that bed, be thinking about Jesus, and then you be like, man, I was, I was feeling so good. What did Jesus say? I don't know. You got to get out of that bed, and every day, if you get out of that bed, if you don't do nothing but stand in the middle of the floor and just lift your arms and say, Lord, I'm here, and you keep doing that, it's going to be longer. It's going to be longer. I'm telling you all, how many know when you prepare for a trip and your husband tell you, this is the time we're leaving? And this is the time you're going to get up because this is the time we got to be there. Mm-hmm, yeah, right. I ain't getting up at that time. <laughs> but he makes sure you up. Don't you get up? I don't know about you. If I got a hair appointment and that woman back there tell me, you got to be here at this time, I know what time I got to get up because mm-hmm, I want to get my hair done. And I make sure I get there. So shouldn't it be better than that for him? Shouldn't we make more time for him than we make for anybody else? Because guess what? Everybody else, they'll leave you. But he'll never leave you, nor forsake you. He'll always be with you, even unto the end. So thank God for this teaching. Amen. And we'll go a little bit further. Y'all, we done got far as going through. Where we going next? The ones that's been studying. Where are we going, Sister Deborah? That's right. That's where we're going. But we got to enter through what first? The veil. That's right. So by the time we get through with this, then we're going to see how the order of the church is supposed to be. Y'all, it's getting us in shape, isn't it? It's telling us what we should be doing and not just coming to church. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And these, this is up here for anybody who want a copy of it. I'll just leave it up here before you leave if you want to just look at it. Do we have any announcements before we close?